Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. It's a Thursday morning. It's August 17, 2023. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. We have a wonderful lineup for you today. Looking forward to catching up with Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN, of course. And by the way, he will be at the family celebration next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend on the 26th. So you need to check that out, all the info on our homepage at EWTN.com. There were some big victories recently, including it'll be our lead story this morning with the -the over-the-counter abortion pill. Now, we've had a lot of defeats. It's kind of like this giant game of whack-a-mole, right? You win some, you lose some. But... We should also remember that we are winning in many cases, and there are some pretty big stories that we're going to discuss with Father Mitch Pacwa regarding the importance. And we mentioned this yesterday when we did a segment with um, Andrea picciotti Bearer regarding how parents are pushing back and, and having uh, some level of success in various areas of the country in terms of school districts and what they're trying to expose their kids to. We always have to remember to use that we have the resources, the platforms at our disposal. We need to be out there. We need to be in the public square. And we always have to do this with kindness and respect and do not succumb to some of the leftist tactics of attack and being mean and name calling and all that. I'm going to talk more about that tomorrow based on a new report that came out from Gallup. Very interesting about the importance of being kind. A simple hello to a few people, to more than one person. This is a new study that came out. Benefits your well-being. (laughs) Not kidding. It's, It's a real piece of research. It's amazing, right? Anyhow. Father Mitch Pacwa, 15 minutes past the hour. And then giving us another example of why we need to be out there, Brian Birch, president of Catholic Vote, taking a look at how important our voices are, especially right now, currently, because the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is issuing this regulation that forces any business that has over 15 employees to accommodate abortions. And we have an opportunity right now to speak out about this, and Brian will explain more specifically So that will come up at about 39 minutes past the hour. So that is the show for today. Father Mitch and Brian, two men who actually are out there every day making a huge difference for the faith. As far as our weather is concerned, we've got a lot of heat issues coming up. Dangerous heat, according to the National Weather Service, expected to shift from the northwest part of the country to the central and southwestern or southeastern areas. Later this week, all the way into the weekend, and fire weather concerns, including dry thunderstorm potential, remain in place for parts of the northwestern U.S. And then we have showers and thunderstorms that may produce brief and heavy downpours with some possibility of flooding in the southwest as well. So that is the forecast. That is our rundown, as we say. And we have, as we always do, because never a dull moment in Newsland, a pretty big newscast with lots of breaking news and developing stories in the church and beyond. So we shall begin right now. It's three minutes past the hour on Thursday, August 17th. And you are listening to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Let's get started. 
Well, the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals approving additional abortion pill restrictions. According to Catholic News Agency, this includes ending mail-order abortions. This came out in a Wednesday ruling in the high-stakes abortion case. The court did not disapprove, as CNA explains, all use of abortion pills, but rather ruled the FDA must reinstate restrictions in place before 2016, most notably banning administering the pills through the mall or via telemedicine. In loosening its restriction on the abortion pill, Mifepristone, the Fifth Circuit Court, said the FDA failed to address several important concerns about whether that drug would be safe for the women who use it. The court said the FDA failed to consider the cumulative effect of removing several important safeguards and also failed to gather evidence that affirmatively showed that Mifeprestone could be used safely without being prescribed and dispensed in person. This means that the pill approval would be capped at seven weeks rather than 10 and require at least three in-person doctor visits to administer the drug. Mifeprestone is, by the way, the first drug, as Catholic News Agency explains, used in what is commonly a two-step regimen for a chemical abortion. The pill works to kill an unborn baby by cutting off the nutrients necessary for it to continue developing. And we'll also discuss this story with Father Mitch coming up. A federal appeals court ruling that the city of Washington targeted its defacement ordinances against pro-life groups. The ruling says city officials were much harsher on those pro-life protesters than on Black Lives Matter activists. Catholic News Agency also has this story, and again, we're discussing it in detail with Father Mitch. In other news this morning, of course, the situation in Hawaii is still making major headlines. Officials say search and rescue operations are underway after the Hawaiian island of Maui was simply devastated by those wildfires. FEMA urban search and rescue teams are working closely with the state to help account for those who are still missing. And more federal resources officials say are on the way, but it will be a challenging operation. We will have at least 40 canine search teams on the island, in addition to hundreds of search and rescue personnel. They're now saying at least 111 people are confirmed dead in what has become the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. Estimates are that the economic cost, meanwhile, to Maui could approach $7 billion. And the Maryland Task Force One is expected to arrive in Maui today to assist in wildfire recovery efforts. The 80-person team working with other FEMA teams that are already on the ground. Montgomery County Fire Department Battalion Chief Jason Blake says the task force will be facing, again, some pretty uncertain conditions, as we just heard. They don't know what to expect, so they bring a variety of specialties, uh, structural engineers, medical staff, hazardous materials, personnel. uh, So they're ready to address any concerns that they find. He says team members could be doing everything from searching buildings to dealing with hazardous materials and distributing food and water. Maryland Task Force One consists of fire and rescue personnel from Montgomery, Prince George's, and Howard counties and Washington, D.C. And law enforcement want to warn folks about charity schemes following the wildfires in Maui. Hawaii U.S. Attorney Claire Connors is warning that fake charities may arise following the tragedy. She said the Hawaii community has a lot on their plate right now, obviously, and law enforcement are trying to do their jobs when it comes to what she called the bad actors. She's adding that they'll be investigated and prosecuted, but to avoid becoming a victim to charity scams, the Department of Justice recommends doing research on any charities and only making donations to known charities. People who have been targets of fraud can contact the National Center for Disaster Relief. A sixth person has died days after a house explosion in Pennsylvania over the weekend. 
Officials said the latest victim died yesterday at a local hospital. Four adults, one minor, initially recovered from the debris. The explosion happening over the weekend, leaving several homes in Pennsylvania destroyed and prompting a fire as well. Two people were hurt in the incident, but they were hospitalized and then released. The cause of the explosion and fire still under investigation. An Ohio teen is now facing life behind bars after she was convicted of deliberately crashing her car to kill her boyfriend because their relationship was deteriorating. 19-year-old Mackenzie Shrilla cried inside a Cleveland court after being found guilty by a judge of killing her 20-year-old boyfriend and a 19-year-old male passenger by smashing the car into a brick wall when she was just 17. Her actions were controlled, methodical, deliberate, intentional, and purposeful. This was not reckless driving. This was murder. Prosecutors convinced the judge this week that the 2022 crash at 100 miles per hour was no accident based on forensic evidence and a surveillance video. Her charges carry an automatic sentence of life in prison with no parole for 15 years. Target is seeing a big drop in sales after backlash over its Pride Month merchandise. They fell over 5% in the second quarter with customers buying less in discretionary categories and instead more in food, beauty, and essential categories. A press release in the company says a retail giant will cut profits outlook for the rest of the year. Lisa Taylor tells us the Fed warning the pace of inflation may mean more interest rate hikes. In a recent meeting, Fed officials were somewhat optimistic the last quarter percentage point rate hike would be the last of the cycle and officials would wait and see how the hikes were impacting inflation. But new data shows the economy is expected to slow and unemployment will rise. That might mean another rate hike in September. Most Americans say the U.S. should ramp up preps for potential Chinese military threats. That according to a new Reuters poll that shows two and three respondents believe the country needs to do more to protect itself against China. The results come as tensions rise between the two nations. Republicans are more likely than Democrats to urge increasing military preparations, with 81 percent saying so compared to 58 percent of Democrats. Brad Ford tells us O'Reilly Auto Parts is being sued in Washington state allegedly over the way it treats pregnant employees. The Washington Attorney General's office filed the lawsuit claiming the company refuses to give pregnant workers accommodations such as the ability to sit or rest and limit how much they lift or handle hazardous materials. Complaints also include no flexibility for restroom breaks or time to pump breast milk for newborn babies. At least 22 women were affected and the Attorney General's office says the actual number is likely higher. They're asking employees who experience pregnancy discrimination to contact them. And it's that time of year again. Many young people are already back in school or getting ready to go back to school. But doctors say a big problem, most students are not getting enough sleep. If you're looking at most children, probably somewhere around nine to 10 hours of sleep is going to be the healthiest. That's pediatrician Dr. Mandy Svatek who says parents, they need to get those electronics out of the bedroom. She says that means no TVs and no cell phones in the bedroom. And when it comes to sleep aid, she says they should only be considered after doing everything else to help kids get some rest. And the family featured in the Oscar-winning film The Blind Side is responding to some very strong allegations made by former NFL player Michael Orr. On Monday, Orr filed a petition claiming Sean and Leanne Tui never adopted him and instead tricked him into signing a document that made them his conservators. Sean Tui said the conservatorship was the only option for the family because they could not adopt him since he was over 18. But each family member, including her own children and or, received $14,000 as part of the movie deal. 
or has asked the court to end the conservatorship and ban the family from using his name and likeness. Almost 12 minutes past the hour. Do hope you're having a beautiful Thursday morning. This week is going by very quickly. Coming up, Father Mitch Pacwa with our Cultural Connections going to talk about some recent victories we've had in the courts and elsewhere. That's coming up at about 14 minutes past the hour. And at the bottom of the hour, Brian Birch from Catholic Vote and The Loop will be talking to us about what we can do to stand up against this latest push from this administration to force more and more people to not only agree with abortion, but to provide for it in the workplace. Yep, your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. National Weather Service, expansive heat wave and fire concerns across the country. Service saying that dangerous heat expected to shift from the northwest U.S. to the central and southeast U.S. later this week into the weekend. And fire weather concerns, including dry thunderstorm potential, remain in place for parts of the northwestern U.S., And then showers and thunderstorms producing brief heavy downpours and some possible flooding in the southwest. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN. Don't forget to check out the family celebration coming up a week from this Saturday. That would be August 26th. It's a great event. I've been to many of them. A lot of fun. Great meet and greets. Great inspiration. And being that this year they're in Birmingham, what an opportunity not only to obviously go to the family day celebration, but then to go to Hansville to visit the tomb of our foundress, Mother Angelica, and then go to the headquarters in Irondale, which is right outside Birmingham. So it's like 15 minutes away from where the convention is being held. And schedule a tour if you've never been. It's the coolest thing. A lot of fun. We'll be right back. Father Mitch Pacwa is going to be part of the family celebration, and he's part of the show coming up next. Stay tuned. The first annual Dominican Rosary Pilgrimage, sponsored by the Dominican Friars Foundation, will take place on Saturday, September 30th at the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in Washington, D.C. This all-day event will feature conferences by Father Gregory Pine, resuscitation of the rosary, a fervorino by Father Lawrence Liu, and mass with Father James Brent as homilist. Join us for this day of prayer to Our Lady. For more information, visit rosarypilgrimage.org. That's rosarypilgrimage.org. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. You and your spouse are invited to cruise with Royal Caribbean this January, along with Father Michael Schmitz, Archbishop Nauman, Al, Teresa, Dr. Ray, and many others. Get away with your spouse on a fun, relaxing, and rejuvenating cruise with inspiring speakers, daily mass, and endless memorable experiences. Father Michael Schmitz comments, you'll encounter an amazing community of couples and speakers, and most importantly, you'll encounter Christ. More details at AveMariaRadio.net. Just click the travel link. This program is brought to you in part by Charity Mobile, a proud partner of Ave Maria Radio for over 15 years. Charity Mobile is the pro-life cell phone company and has sent nearly $2 million to thousands of pro-life charities. 4G LTE coverage is available nationwide, and 5% of your monthly plan price goes to your favorite pro-life charity. A video introduction is available at CharityMobile.com. Charity Mobile, everyday living, effortless giving. CharityMobile.com. Fifteen 
minutes past the hour. Welcome back. Catholic Connection on a Thursday morning, August 17th. Every Thursday, good Lord willing, the creek don't rise. As I always say, we check in with the one, the only Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN Radio and TV. So, Father, we have had some uh, victories. Of course, I know sometimes we feel like we're, as I said at the top of the hour in introducing the show, we feel like we're in like this giant game of whack-a-mole because <laughs> it goes up and then we hit it down and then up and down. It's like, mama mia, it's hard to keep in touch. But three particular stories, the one, and I sent these to you yesterday. I know you read them. So uh, on LifeNews.com, and this is also a story that we had on Catholic News Agency, and then the story I sent you was from Life News. The FDA must restore safeguards on the dangerous abortion pill that hurts women. Another story is a man that was banned from sidelock counseling, took that to court, and he won. And then also a court ruling that Washington, D.C. wrongly arrested pro-life protesters and ignored the violence of Black Lives Matter rioters. So these are three victories I think that we need to make note of. What do you think? Well, a couple things. Uh, A, you're correct. The, these are uh, important victories, and uh, they're, but they're victories for basic uh, rights and protections from the government at a time when the government is not willing to offer us its protections. So, for instance, let's take a look at the abortion pill issue. The federal government has a... Uh, uh, Federal Drug Administration, uh-huh. uh, food and, excuse me, Food and Drug Administration, and part of that department is to protect people from unsafe drugs. Now we saw in the time of COVID that there was um, a, a short, shortness of time to. You know about getting a vaccine, so it was rushed, and then it was forced upon people without having been tested, and we saw a number of side effects from the vaccines that were not planned, as well as uh, problems with its origin coming from uh, lines of uh, from uh, uh, fetuses. Uh, lines of material, uh, biological material from fetuses for some of the drugs. So we, we saw origin problems and we saw lack of testing, and yet the federal government demanded people use it and people got sick, and some died apparently, you know, because of the vaccines. And this is, you know, where there has to be care about this. Now they're going back and testing, and they're seeing that there are problems. But that is the government's role to protect our population from products, especially in this case medical products, that have side effects. All medicines have side effects. Now, with the abortion pill, they are unwilling they would not accept the demands from medical doctors this isn't a bunch of you know uh priests and nuns you know saying oh we don't like this no this was medical concerns about the number of people who were dying and because the abortion pill is said to be like having abortion like taking a tylenol it's not that's one of the phrases 
right. that was has been used. It's like just taking time, just have the abortion. It's not. It has side effects that are very, very dangerous to some people, especially when it's used later in the pregnancy. And the medical doctors were saying to the FDA back in around 2000 or 2002 when this first came out, and they're saying, you've got to do the research and warn people about the side effects and the dangers and risks. And they refused to do it because one can assume, I'm going to assume that until other evidence comes out, they had an ideological issue Mm -hmm. at stake. Mm -hmm. And perhaps even a financial uh, issue at stake because this is a pill that the federal government is willing to pay for in a lot of cases. So the pharma company is also looking to get support from the government. What's the connection? Why? Follow the money. Right. But you protecting women and because this pill has been used by so many women that means the number of women who have died or have complications and sometimes have to have invasive surgery not an abortion but they have to have surgery because of the damage done that has increased with the promotion of this by the federal government and they don't allow the warnings, and they don't, re- and they're selling it illegally by mail, and uh, to states that don't allow abortion, and so this has to be uh, prosecuted to make sure that the government defends us. It's not at all unlike the way certain city governments refuse to protect stores from theft. Uh, pedestrians from assault and sometimes even death. They refuse to arrest the perps. And it's this lack, uh, this unwillingness to protect society in the areas of their own job. And then you see on the other side, overprotection from opinion they dislike. In one of the cases, while uh, Black Lives Matter people were desperate, were destroying property and uh, defacing property all over Washington, they picked on two guys who wrote in chalk. On in a chalk, sidewalk. washable chalk on a sidewalk. That, that pre-born, pre-born black lives matter. Yeah, they get arrested. The people yeah. burning things down, right. breaking things, destroying national monuments and statues, they can walk. They're, they, the mayor of Washington watched as they painted uh, some Black Lives Matter slogan on one of the streets, but they arrest two college kids who wrote in chalk on the sidewalk. Now, what are they going to go after, the hopscotch players, too? (laughs) This is an absurdity. Right. Well, Father, let me jump in here for one minute because we're going up against a break, and I do want to just make this bring up something that you said and why this is so important, because when we – 
you know, and the reason for this segment, these segments with you this morning in particular, the reason we have to follow these cases through, first of all, because of our rights and because of the Constitution, freedom of religion, freedom of speech and whatnot, but also when we do this, it keeps the issue out there in the public square. With the pill, for example, now people are going to say, well, why Why did the, the, the court say this? What's going on with this? So they'll look when stories were not covered on the damages. And also in, in the case of the um, the Black Lives Matter and the students who were arrested, Okay, well, what was going on? And then you have, again, a court ruling this and saying that, no, you were you know, playing one side and making them more serious than what really happened here in terms of the damage. So it, in addition to protecting our rights, it puts the story out there for people to hear the reality of the situation, which they often don't do. Exactly. And, uh, that, and that's useful uh, to be sure. But we also have to keep our rights. And in the next segment, I really want to talk about the necessity of knowing our law and the structure of our government. Civics is not just the boring subject that it usually is in high school. It is essential. Well, the other side certainly uses their quote-unquote rights to, to get what they want, and, and they do it uh, extremely well in terms of the money and the efforts that they that they undertake, and, and they have a lot of politicians, obviously, in their corner. But I think it is refreshing and encouraging, and, and regardless of the outcome, we still have to, and I know you're going to address this in our next segment. And by the way, we're talking with Father Mitch Pacwa from EW10, as we do every Thursday for our Cultural Connections here on Catholic Connection. Regardless of the outcome, we don't know what the outcome is going to be, but we can't just sit back and just say, oh, oh well, I'm just going to take my ball and bat and go home. I guess they won again, and I don't have any rights, and you know, I'm not gonna, this may cost me something. The biggest cost is going to be if we don't stand up, right, Father? Absolutely. Um, you know, if they think they can get away right. with, with these things, they will get away with it. Yep, absolutely. More with Father Mitch coming up right after the break. And we'll have a link to the stories we're discussing also on our archive section. You can check it out at AveMariaRadio.net. Go to the Catholic Action Archive, and you'll be able to re-listen to this interview and share it as well. Andrew usually posts those later in the day by about noon. We'll be right back on a Thursday. Father Benedict Groeschel. I usually am operating on the gifts of the Holy Spirit when I don't feel well, even when I'm annoyed, when I'm down and out. During my recovery from the automobile accident, immense numbers of people wrote to me and sent me emails, 50,000, and they told me how helpful they thought my talks on EWTN were to them. I'm delighted, but I want you to know I'm nobody's fool. The talks that were helpful, the sentences that were helpful, the phrases that were helpful came from the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the styrofoam packaging came from me. I did that. And styrofoam doesn't amount to very much. EWTN. Live Truth. Live Catholic. The Catholic Catechism tells us that an evil end can corrupt an objectively good act. Our Lord pointed this out when he spoke of Pharisees praying and fasting, 
both objectively good acts, in order to be seen by men, a morally corrupt end which therefore corrupts all the actions. On the other hand, a good intention cannot justify an objectively evil action. One cannot turn fornication, a morally evil action in and of itself, by participating in it, even to save a life. Fornication is always wrong because it involves a disorder of the will, a moral evil. It is an error, the Catholic Catechism tells us, therefore to judge an act merely by considering the intention that inspired it or the circumstances such as social pressure or emergency. The end never justifies the means. This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN, Catholic Connection. Father Mitch Pacwa from the network, TV, radio, all things Catholic, joining us to discuss cultural connections, talking about some victories we've had recently. And Father, I know you wanted to give us the, a little lesson on the importance of civics, which is huge. Yes. Well, here, here's one of the things to keep in mind. When you read these stories, you find out that at in some of these cases, at the lower court level, the, uh, the, the government was supported in not defending us and not defending our right of free of speech and protest and other uh, an assembly, and it was reversed at uh, higher courts. Now, this is something that I urge people to do. I don't care if you are in high school or college or are, uh, along with me, among the senior citizen crowd. It is important to read the Constitution to understand the structures of our government and to know our court system. And I'm going to add this, because it's something that I've been doing with other ministers here in Birmingham, Alabama. Get deeply involved in the election process of your local judges and your district attorney. Know what the different courts do and who the candidates are. And here's the reason. Everybody is all into the presidential elections. This is a big thing. Oh, it's all exciting. And it's my, my supporter. I hate this guy. I hate that guy. And on and on. That's all where the big bucks go. And because we don't know who the judges are, uh, they can elect judges that are not going to protect us. That's what we see in San Francisco, New York, Chicago, and these other cities. And it's horrible. It's deadly to the poor, especially, but it's also deadly to other people who just happen to walk in the streets. Or now theft in stores is $100 billion a year Mm -hmm. because they won't protect us. Know who your judges are and your other uh, uh, elected officials are locally, because you are much more likely to actually come in direct contact with a local judge than you ever are with the president. 
Mm-hmm. And also, Father, you can the- you can talk about that. A lot of people will say, well, you know, our pastor says he can't talk about this or the other thing because of, you know, tax reasons. You can certainly talk about anymore. that's not well. That's it's not, not true. true. It's not true. Nope. But also, we and have a responsibility to be active in the public square, and the church teaches that that we have a right to bingo. to right. Bingo. And you know that I I do have some rules, uh, you know, from the Federal Communications Commission about what I can say. My freedom of speech is limited here at EWTN. I I, I can't promote things because that's part of the charter that we have from the FCC. Right. That's that's a different situation. But as a U.S. citizen, I can speak up. And I had a couple of politicians come to a meeting of ministers telling us, we, now you ministers, you can't talk and preach against abortion and gay marriage because it's the law. And I had to remind these two politicians, both of them were African-American. I said, you are going to tell us that we cannot speak on moral issues in our own city, when you can vote and hold office because Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Ralph Abernathy, and Reverend Shuttlesworth, and other reverends stood up so that African Americans' right to vote that was taken away by the Democratic Party here in Alabama and throughout the South, they took it away. And also had laws of segregation and that you're going to tell us that we cannot speak about a moral issue not in my birmingham Mm. and this has to be throughout the country we have to speak up and especially on these issues of the courts because very important concerns not only your traffic courts but divorce court and so many other uh, issues in the court are decided by people that you need to know as a citizen. You need to know what their courts do, why they do it, what are their legal rights, and what is your recourse. That's what happened in these cases. There was appeal to courts to, who then recognized, wait a minute, the FDA, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, did not heed the law. They broke the law by not investigating the abortion drug. They had uh, 120 days to respond to the request for studies. They didn't do it. That's breaking their own regulations. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if it's a law or if it's a department regulation, but they had a moral and legal obligation to do so. So courts are making them do this. This is where we have to know what the courts are, and, and I know it's overwhelming sometimes because the lawyers come up with so many laws that we cannot know when we're breaking the law. That's, and that has to stop. We have to pay attention to the state representatives, the state senators, the federal representatives and senators that we vote for to know that these are upright and moral people who are not going to be arbitrary, nor are they going to support arbitrariness. When they say, as uh, I know uh, former President uh, Obama did and many, and many of the uh, folks in the House of Representatives, well, the Constitution is an old document from the 18th, 18th century by one bunch of white guys who owned slaves. You know, this is a 
away. A, not all of them owned slaves. Only some, a few of them did. But B, it was something that has been set up to give a stable government. And if they want you to destroy it and to remain ignorant of the Constitution, right. then they can manipulate us the way that happened in these cases. These are exactly the reasons why we, uh, they want to manipulate the law and the Constitution. They want to take away the freedom of speech for those they disagree with. That's what happened to those two college men who wrote with chalk on a sidewalk and yeah, get arrested. Chalk on a sidewalk and get arrested, and they're burning buildings and, and damaging buildings and defacing property, and that's fine. Don't, just, nothing to look at here but erase these two kids who write this down in chalk yep. and are defending the lives of, of all the unborn, including preborn black babies. Father, always that's, great to speak with you. That's what they Thank said, you. too. Yeah, they were yeah. protecting preborn black babies. Yeah. Yeah, what a concept. Father, thank you so much for your insight and your wisdom. And I know you're going to be a part of the uh, family celebration, right, next weekend? God willing. It'll be a God week from Saturday. Yep, everybody come. It's going to be a great event. Father, thank you so much. Father Mitch Pacwa, of course. You see and hear him on EWTN Weekly, both radio and TV. Check out his great work, his production company, and his many, many books, especially his great teachings on Scripture. Speaking about speaking up we'll continue that discussion with brian birch from catholic vote that's up next on a thursday it's 36 minutes past the hour on ewtn stay tuned The following is a medical moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Schindler, brother of Terry Schiavo. An advanced care planning document, or ACP, is one kind of advanced directive, providing a written statement of a person's desired medical treatments in the future. A recent study titled, What's Wrong with Advanced Care Planning, concluded that there is a gap between hypothetical scenarios and real-world decision-making. Another study found that 80% of emergency room physicians misinterpreted an ACP as a do-not-resuscitate order. Another issue is that any disagreement between medical professionals and the patient's healthcare agent regarding specific ACP language may undermine the patient's ultimate wishes. Your best bet is never to sign an advanced care planning document, such as a pulse form when admitted to a hospital. And make sure your healthcare durable power of attorney has a provision which invalidates any previously signed ACP. This medical moment brought to you by MyLifeAngels.com. 60 on 10 with Monsignor Charles Pope. The second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The disclosure of a name in the ancient world belonged to the order of trust and intimacy. And so when God revealed his name to Moses, it was an extraordinary outreach to us, saying uh, that we were called to an intimate, trusting relationship with him. And so we should always reverence this name as a great gift. We should obviously never use God's name to curse or to blaspheme or to berate others. God's name is meant to bring blessing. And likewise, the vain use, vain means empty. Uh, so some of these expressions like, oh my God, or you know, and so on, uh, need to be avoided as well. Vain means empty, and those are using God's name as an empty kind of expression of exasperation. And then finally, never ever to use God's name to swear an oath falsely. God is the God of truth. The second commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For more about the Ten Commandments, visit EWTNRC.com.
Speaking of speaking out, speaking up, making a difference, and being not afraid, someone who knows all about that is our next guest, in addition to our previous guest, Father Mitch Paco, of course. Brian Birch, president of Catholic Vote, and they've been doing a great job of getting the word out about a story involving the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And Brian, our tax dollars at work in a bad way, unfortunately, yet again. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So tell us the latest with the EEOC and what we need to do about it. Yeah, well, thanks and appreciate you having me on on this because it can be a little bit confusing when you start throwing around a lot of government acronyms like EEOC. Uh, the real history here is we're talking about a new law that was passed last year called the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act, which, like all legislation, has a nice-sounding name. Who can be against you know, protecting pregnant workers? And, in fact, uh, our organization, the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, and many others have been pushing legislation like this for many years. Now, of course, you have to remember what was happening at the end of last year when this happened. We had just had the Dobbs decision. Uh, There was a big backlash. Uh, Pro-abortion groups wanted to try to find new ways to um, get abortion, uh, make abortion available to women. And so what this act purported to do in the language of it was to provide, quote, reasonable accommodations for known limitations related to pregnancy, childbirth, and here's the key phrase, related medical conditions. And so on its face, it did things like A woman is working, has a job, she becomes pregnant. She normally lifts heavy boxes, but while she's pregnant, the employer has to um, give her a way uh, to do something else. Maybe she can work the cashier uh, job while she's pregnant. All actually very good things, and we believe that the law actually could do a lot of good, that uh, corporations, and I think many of them already do just naturally, but they they should be required to accommodate pregnant women. Um, We should be a culture that affirms and holds and esteem pregnant women. The challenge, of course, here is this language around uh, related medical conditions. And the debate surged late into the last year over whether we needed to define that and also whether or not if that um, ultimately included abortion, whether or not there should be specific protections for religious employers. Now, you can imagine how this went, all of the talk, well, there's no problem here. Don't worry, Teresa. We will never use this to fund abortion. Yeah, never. Right. Uh-huh. Senator Bob Casey, on the floor of the Senate, a Democrat, Catholic, said explicitly they could never, ever do this. Well, the, um, we cautioned, we said uh, the bill should not be supported until these protections are put in place. Right, right. Groups like the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, others, they supported it. And our Catholic Bishops Conference supported it. And, and again, this was a prudential call. They thought it would do a lot of good for pregnant mothers. We said, wait, wait, it needs to be Mm -hmm. further defined. Well, here we are this year. Uh, The law delegated to the EEOC, which is the uh, Equal Employment, or the um, office that um, uh, uh, regulates employment discrimination. And they have now issued rules. Surprise, surprise. Now, uh, uh, related medical conditions include abortion. So what does that mean? Every employer, no matter their size, now has to provide paid time off from their job and reasonable accommodations. So what does that mean uh, to women who are going to get an abortion? So now you have conscientious Catholics running companies, even nonprofits like mine, like the Catholic Church. Uh, if a woman gets pregnant and wants to have an abortion, you must pay for them 
time off, and reasonable accommodation. So let's say you're in Arkansas where abortion is largely outlawed. Um, we understand this law that could require employers to provide flights and hotels to go to a neighboring state or another state where abortion is now still allowed. Um, that seems to me would be consistent with the idea of a reasonable accommodation. And so lastly, where we are now, um, by law, in order to um, uh, um, actually put these new rules into place, uh, the agency must submit uh, the proposed rules for public comment. So we are in a 60-day period where Americans are able to publicly comment on this proposed regulation, this interpretation of Congress's law. Uh, and based on that, they will issue final regulations. And it's very important that people comment on this because the comments actually could help. Um, it could force the, the, the agency to define some of this further, uh, which is what we want. That's that's what we're demanding. But also, we're going to get into litigation here. And it's well, I was going to say that this show. is this is going to go to court. It has to because there's no way. I mean, you talk about violating someone's religious freedom and, and forcing them to pay for these. I mean, this is this is just so. Pardon me for being sarcastic, and by the way, we're talking with Brian Birch, president of Catholic Vote, and cynical. Maybe this is a reporter in me. This was the end game all along, do you think? I think it was. Well, certainly the end game has always been to equate abortion with health care. I mean, or with health care, yeah. mm-hmm. correct. That's mm-hmm. always been the end game, and they do this in every context, which is why we thought it was grossly naive of allies of ours including the Bishop Conference, to pretend that somehow this wasn't going to happen. Um, now, the, the, the challenge is, is uh, how do we as a pro-life community and as, a, as you know, Catholics who want to build a culture of life um, demand protections for pregnancy for, for, for women that are uh, in the workplace that, that deserve this with, by, and also exclude some of the the ways in which they're trying to equate and build this whole. It's its no different. A mother who wants to have a baby, mother who doesn't want to have a baby, this is the new free-for-all that we live under. So uh, in terms of the comments, because some people would say, oh, what difference does it make? They're, they're going to do what they want to do at the end of the day anyway. Again, explain why it's so important for us to use this opportunity to speak out, Brian. Yeah, and it's true. Uh, they sometimes just do whatever they want. But the interesting thing here is the public, when they comment, they actually – the, the number of comments ultimately are made public. So it can show, you know, 10,000, 50,000 for, you know, 3,000 against. And the agency is required to read and record all of the comments that come in. Um, so that's number one. And I think to the extent they see an overwhelming response, and this has happened previously, by the way, um, they may be inclined to revise the proposed rules and give us at least something, something more, um, and they also may recognize that when this goes to litigation and the lawyers that go into court are going to say, look, the public overwhelmingly asked for this and you refused to accommodate them. And part of the, uh, you know, I'm not an attorney here, but I understand a bit about this area of the law. Part of the question is whether or not this burden on religious freedom um, overwhelms the, the government's case for, you know, this compelling government interest to impose this on employers. And so um, it is going to be important that the public um, show up and demonstrate publicly that we want these protections. So how do we do that? What's the simplest way, the quickest way, Brian? Well, you can do it on the government's website. That's a little complicated. Or you can go to our website, and we do have a simple 
thing there where you can submit your comment directly to the government. We don't get any of your information. It goes um, a little piece of software that allows you to uh, contact and register a, a comment under the, the program that the government provides. So if you go to CatholicVote.org, uh, look up uh, around the pregnant women, uh, pregnant workers uh, fairness act. I was always interested. They didn't, couldn't even call it a pregnant woman or pregnant mother. It had to be a worker because, of course, we never know now if it's a man or a woman. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's pregnant. No. no. Are you optimistic that that this, if it ends up in court, could go in our favor? Because I was just talking with Father Mitch Pacwa earlier about some some big victories that we received recently. There were the pro-life workers uh, that were arrested, and the court said that they were treated differently than the Black Lives Matter people who were causing some damage. There was a victory for a sidewalk counselor. There was a victory with, uh, at least a partial victory, with Mifeprestone and and the abortion pill. So do you think once this goes to court, are you optimistic this will uh, be ruled? I know you can't predict it, but what do you think? I mean, how do you feel about that? I think on, I think we're not going to likely change anything on, um, you know, related medical conditions, including abortion. I think where we could have some success is on whether conscientious Catholic employers can be compelled to do this. You know, one of the areas of the law where we've been most successful in the courts over the last even decade, even you know before we took control of the Supreme Court, uh, has been in the area of religious freedom, and they. they even some of the liberals currently on the Supreme Court, for example, have ruled in many cases um, for religious freedom. And so, yes, and don't you know forget, we've put a number of judges in, hundreds of judges, over the last you know four or five years. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to come down to probably the nature of the case and the specific angle the court takes. I suspect it could be narrow, but you know, under the current rule, if you're a Catholic employer. Uh, you are forced to to provide this to any employee who is not explicitly Catholic um, and, um, you know, uh, working because of their Catholic faith. So even in a parish, for example, this is crazy. Even in a parish, if, a, if a, that parish employs a non-Catholic, and I'm guessing that doesn't happen very often, but that they could apply to them. It certainly will apply, by the way, to the Bishop's Conference, who has hundreds of non-Catholic employees who work under their migration and refugee services programs and such. Um, You know, they are going to be in an interesting bind here because this is the church being forced to participate in facilitating a woman to go get an abortion, and it's just terrible. What happens if they don't follow the regulation? (laughs) Great question. The EEOC can fine them as much as they want, as far as I understand it. I mean, this is how... It's no different than any kind of employment discrimination law. Uh, this is a federal regulation, and there are fines associated with it, and they can continue to fine you until you um, surrender. Wow. Talking with Ryan Birch, president of Catholic Vote, regarding the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission issuing a regulation that forces any business that has over 15 employees to accommodate abortions. And again, there is a period right now where they're taking comment. If you go to catholicvote.org, there's a very easy way to make sure your comments get to the proper people, and it's very simple as opposed to going to the website of the government, which sometimes can be uh, lots of red tape and very complicated online. You know what I wonder sometimes, Brian, and you and I talked about this when we last saw each other back in April, when is it ever going to be enough with abortion? Hmm. Well, not to the end of time, of course, still, uh, till we have sin no more. Uh, yeah, but this, this, this particular administration before. just seems so obsessed with it. This and the transgender well, ideology. Because, 
Yeah, they're certainly obsessed because they were dealt a big setback with Dobbs. And they now are scrambling to do everything they can to make that decision meaningless, from turning you know, changing state laws to changing federal regs to essentially trying to negate the consequence of Dobbs, which was to allow individual states to begin protecting innocent life. And where those states are doing that, uh, the federal government and this administration is doing everything possible to allow women in those states to get out from under that, from male, primarily, by the way, through male male order abortion drugs, which you I know covered in the segment before right. me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making that there's no they're pushing for no no uh, need to see a doctor, no need to get a prescription. You can just go online, sign up, get the, order your abortion through the mail, which of course is illegal. Uh, we've never allowed um, those kinds of kinds of drugs to be sent via mail ever. But you're right; they are on their heels. Um, but they're also recognizing the politics of this. And to the extent they make this an issue, this is a big issue for their base. And so far in a lot of these places, um, it's helping. It's helping them create energy and momentum, and they want, uh, they're going to need that in some Going of the into elections. elections, yeah. Last question. I know we're not attorneys, but the, if, if a suit is filed, can an injunction or a stay be issued to preventing this at least to go into effect until this is you know, adjudicated? I mean, I mean, is that possible? I would guess, again, as a non-attorney, that uh, when a suit is filed, likely on behalf of a plaintiff, a conscientious a medical, I mean, a conscientious uh, employer who does not want to uh, be compelled to facilitate this activity, which um, he or she disagrees with, um, uh, I believe they would ask immediately that the regulation be enjoined from enforcement uh, while the litigation um, goes forward. So, yes, I, because the harm, this is, would be the argument, the harm is so substantial um, that you can't simply allow the law to go into effect and allow this you know, egregious violation of this core fu- constitutional freedom we have uh, to be violated uh, while we litigate it. And so I would hope that a reasonable judge would say, uh, yes, we need to hold off, stop the train here before we uh, decide what we're ultimately going to do. Right. And also, I think the importance of the great point you make about the importance of comments, if we have an overwhelming amount of comments, and once this gets to court, to say that they ignored what the majority of the public uh, want in this. Brian, thanks so much. CatholicVote.org. Brian Birch, the president, out there speaking up, making a difference every single day, which we're all called to do, by the way, by virtue of our baptism. We'll be right back to wrap up a Thursday morning edition of Catholic Connections. Stay tuned. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual funds. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. Is it time for a nap? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. I have to admit something, I am a bad napper. Unless it's rainy outside, I rarely can catch a nap. But according to a recent study, habitual napping appears to be associated with larger brain mass in adults. This appears to be an important protection against neurodegenerative diseases like dementia. 
Other studies have shown that even 30-minute naps while at home or work could enhance learning, boost attention, and increase well-being and productivity. Some businesses are installing nap rooms and other spaces to catch a few Zs. Job one, however, is getting a good night's sleep in the first place. Good sleep hygiene, meaning about seven-plus hours of sleep per night, is still the best medicine. If you take naps, you have famous company. Leonardo da Vinci, Margaret Thatcher, George W. Bush, and Pope Francis, to name a few. For more on napping, yawn your way over to the Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and light housework. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. So appreciate your listenership at EWTN. Don't forget, all these programs are archived. You can go to AveMariaRadio.net to the archive section and re-listen or share any of the interviews. Coming up tomorrow, Doug Keck with our Inside Word and also Fact Check Friday and more good news about the Good News Cruise. Adomani, talk to you tomorrow. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.